We have a ministry fair happening right at the end of service today. We're trying to get you guys uh, more knowledge about our small groups that are going on. And so we're going to give you a little bit of time at the end of our service today to walk around and meet a few people and see if there's a small group that you would like to get connected with. So that'll be at the end of service, and we'll just kind of move into that in a little while. Uh, The next thing that we've got this morning is Terry Miller wants to convey to everyone that they are going on a Zuni Thanksgiving uh, mission trip. Is that right? All right. And there's going to be an informational meeting about that trip, uh, uh, the trip to Zuni over Thanksgiving. Um, That's going to be for both parents and teens next Sunday, a week from today, uh, September the 2nd. And so that's going to happen during youth group next Sunday evening. So for 30 minutes, they're going to meet and give all the details about that. So if you are interested in going on that mission trip with them, being a part of that, then uh, just come on to church next Sunday and um, she'll give you all the information, all the questions you have about that. She'll be more than happy to answer. Uh, The last announcement I have for you is about our women's ministry. Uh, You can talk with Vanessa in just a little while right here in the second row. Uh, But this Friday night, we have our skate night. And it's a family skate night. If you want to come and let your kids skate, she's going to meet with all the women that would like to come and participate in women's ministry this year. Uh, They're going to be discussing the upcoming events and uh, all the things for the calendar this year. And so she would love for you to participate in that if you're a woman and would like to get involved with that. Um, So if you have any questions, Vanessa can answer those for you. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and stand and... Greet one another and we'll get started in worship.
grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered Sing that again Worthy is the Lamb who was slain worship you today. You are worthy of all of our praise and all of our adoration. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you, Father God, that you love us, that you know us, that you know us by name. We worship you today, Jesus. You may be seated as we continue to lift him up. Cause 
from this position of worship, I want to invite you now to just dialogue with Jesus. You, in the midst of this crowd, one-on-one with Jesus. Maybe any one of these expressions of worship might connect right where you are. Maybe you just need to thank him for his unconditional love that has continued to be poured out in your life, whether you were running from him or running in to his presence. Maybe there's a promise that you just need to stand on today because of whatever life circumstances might be happening. Whatever is going on in your stuff, I want to encourage you with these words. He knows about it. You don't have to familiarize him with your stuff today. He's fully aware. So I'm inviting you now, right from the place that you are in life, talk to him. It's you and Jesus' time for just a few moments. You and Jesus. trust you with our stuff. We trust you with our stuff because you are God and we are not. You are our all in all. We thank you today for what you have done in our lives, for the victory that has already existed in our lives because of what you have done. And we, we thank you and we praise you now for what you are doing. We simply believe that you are continually acting in our lives and active in our lives, accomplishing your purposes in us and through us. I'm sure that there are some in earshot of my voice, Lord, that 
have struggled to understand that and believe that, struggle to see that happening. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you will encourage their hearts and their minds and their spirits right now with that truth. You are here. You know us. You know us intimately. Everything about us is laid before you now. And yet your unconditional love continues to be poured into our lives, continues to draw us near to you. And we thank you and praise you for what you are going to do. You know our needs. You know our concerns, our issues. And so we entrust them into your hands, believing that you have a plan that will continue to unfold before us. So we choose to walk by faith, not by sight. We choose to walk by faith regardless of if we have and are seeing you do things or not. Essentially what we are saying once again is you are God and we are not and our faith completely and implicitly rests in you today. And we declare our need for you. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus, the beautiful name, the wonderful name, the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. And you may be seated. And as you are being seated, I want to invite our ushers to join us up here. And we, we get to continue our worship time through our giving. Jesus, thank you for your provision. And we thank you for the provision that is yet to come. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it. Multiply it. Accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. As we're doing that, one of the fun things we get to do today is uh, bring our kids up front. But to, before we do that, I want to invite our children's directors up here. And they um, have some cool things that are going to happen for our kids. So, Mackenzie and Bethany, thank you. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, we're so excited that you guys are here. Thanks for being here. We're going to be uh, doing Promotion Sunday. This is new 
for our church. I don't know if some of you have ever done this in your churches, or I did this one growing up, but we just want the congregation just to be able to celebrate in um, kiddos being moved up to the next classes as they get older and wiser and grow taller and all those fun things. Um, one thing before we do that, um, one announcement that we forgot to make uh, two weeks ago, um, and I'm just so excited about this because I've gotten to be blessed with some beautiful attendees beside me over here and listening to their voices sing. Um, starting next week for a good six weeks until we start our big Christmas program practice, all the kids are actually going to come in here and worship with us. Um, two weeks ago, we were letting you know how important it is that we all work together in being a village and raising our kids, and it's important for them to see how we also worship. So this is the plan. We'll put it on the Facebook page that will be coming out within the next couple days as well for all your parents and spread the word for those who aren't here. You will still check your kids in back at the desk, okay? And then you're going to bring them in with you and have them sit with you as a family. Then at offering time, pastor will dismiss the kids, and they will come back to this back um, door, <laughs> back door back here, and whoever the teachers are, for the four-year-olds through first grade and then the second grade through fifth grade, they will meet them back there, and then they will escort them to their classes, and business will continue as usual, if you will, okay? So if you have any questions on that, let us know, but that's the plan. We're going to give it a try, and I think it's going to be awesome because these beautiful little voices that I heard over here, I'm like, how could you not want to worship with them? So I'm excited, okay? So do you want to do certificates and pastor... Scott, come on up and um, start with the littles and move up to the big kids. And then you guys will come stand up on stage when your name is called, okay, so we can recognize all of you. So whether you want to hoop and holler in between or wait till the end, you guys get to do it, okay? All right, so little Miss Lakeland. Where are you, little Miss Lakeland? I don't see her. Is she there? There she is. She's moving up to the four-year-old through first grade class. Woohoo! Miss Reagan. <laughs> Eli. Eli. Where is he? Oh, there he is. Miss Haven. <laughs> Miss Roslyn. I know I saw them there. Rylan. These are our second to fifth grade, Olivia. Now for our lovely. 
Valley attendees. Uh, we, I'll take the mic. Uh, we got a couple here, I think, with us that are moving up from fifth into the youth group. We've already hazed them to an extent. We literally kidnapped them from their house for an all-nighter during the summer. Uh, so that was, that's tradition. I didn't start that. Um, but today we have with us, I believe, David Allison's in the house. Come on down here. Come on, David. Joining, I think that'll be the third Allison right now in the youth group. So congratulations, homie. And then we have Rayanne Cantrell with us, I believe. Round of applause for her as well. And let's give all of our promoters another hand. Yeah, promotees, excuse me. Now, if we could get all of our kids who are here in service, Olivia, could you all come and have a seat here on stage? And I'm going to have you face me, and we're going to start something today. So um, the fourth Sunday of every month will officially be Family Worship Sunday. And so you can correct me if I'm communicating this wrong, but that's the fourth Sunday of every month, right? So our kids are going to be with us the whole time. The other few Sundays that are ahead of us, they'll be in here during worship, and then they'll head down to Children's Church. So, fourth Sunday of every month, which is today. And one of the things that we're going to do is what's called the Sermon in the Sack. Has anybody ever seen or heard this? This is new to most of us in here. So, um, I believe the Belevin's children have brought a random item, and it's hidden in a paper bag, and they're going to hand it to me. Once I pull it out of the sack, I am going to do a sermon off of that. So let's see how this goes, all right? So who's got the bag? Jackson, Hunter, what, um, did you guys bring it up? Asher, there it is, I see it. And I understand that these, uh, the Blevins boys couldn't decide on one item, so there's three in here, so I'm just going to randomly pick one and we'll see what happens okay i believe i'm looking at a transformer here which is more than meets the eye from what i remember is this a transformer whose toy is this jackson did you pick this nicely done what is, uh, come up here with me for a second, Jackson, since you are responsible for this. Can you, uh, in, a, in as loud of a voice as possible, can you tell us what a transformer does? It turns from one vehicle to Okay, so it turns from a vehicle, so I see the wheels on the bottom. It turns from a vehicle into a robot monster fighting machine kind of a thing, right? <laughs> And is this a particular transformer? What is his name? Do you know? This is, opti this is the Optimus Prime right here. 
the leader of the Transformers. The, uh, they, uh, they have a certain name. They're not the, what, the good guys. The Autobots. The Autobots. There we go. Now uh, my childhood is coming back to me. Thank you, buddy. Okay, Transformer. Um, so Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Thank you very much. The transformation that God wants to do in our lives is, is holistic, okay? Now, we've sang today about how much he loves us, and his love, what has, uh, it, it comes into our lives, and it, and it changes us, it grows us, it shapes us. Um, God has an amazing plan for each one of you, and as you continue to worship him as you continue to learn more about the bible about what god says to us through the bible you will find that he will continue to transform you and renew your mind or it 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 basically is this he changes the way we think he changes the way we act the way we talk everything about us changes and I hope and believe that you have seen that in your mommy and daddy's lives. I hope and pray that you have seen that in your older siblings' lives. And I'm believing that you will see that happening in your lives as well. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for these kids. I thank you for what you have begun in their lives. And I thank you for the transformational process and power that is happening in their lives now and will continue to happen. I pray that they will know you their whole lives, that their whole lives, they will, their eyes will be fixed on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. And it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give these kids a hand. Okay, kids, if you'll head this way with Miss McKenzie, she's got one more thing for you. Follow the rest of them right that way. They've got binders, and what they get to do during the sermon is they get to take notes that have been prepared for them. And I'm going to hand this off to you guys. Well, I, I got to admit, I was sweating that one a little bit, but I think we did all right. That was the easy one. I'm glad I didn't pull out the tricky one then. Hey, let's, uh, I want to invite you to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. And I'll attempt to preach a sermon that I've prepared now. We've been walking through Samuel's story transition happened where Eli was heading up or leading Israel as a judge. Eli's time, uh, he, he passed away, and Samuel has stepped in as leadership, and he's been leading pretty much now his, uh, most of his adult life. And the beginning of chapter 8, we find that Samuel has grown old. So we've got a good chunk of time that has passed between chapter 7 and chapter 8. 
right at verse 1. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. If we pause there for a moment, if you've been here over the last few Sundays, you may have picked up on what seems to be a pattern here. This is exactly what happened with Eli. Eli's sons were not following Eli's ways of worshiping the Lord and and doing what was right. His sons had turned away and were perverting justice and accepting bribes, and therefore God had stripped away ministry from Eli's family, and that's why Samuel has stepped in as leader. Well, here we are at the end of Samuel's life, and his sons are doing exactly the same way. You know, Samuel, I will remind us, grew up with Eli. He's not Eli's son because Samuel's real mother dedicated him to the Lord as, as a young boy. So the only parenting that Samuel has witnessed would be Eli. And I'm not sure, we, we you know, we, we don't know, it. I think this is coming from an assumption on my part, but the, the assumption is that what Samuel witnessed, what he learned from Eli, he has now been living out and doing himself, which is apparently not very good parenting because now Samuel's sons are doing exactly what Eli's sons had done. So parents, I just encourage us with this. If we, if we just do things by default, if we only do things by what we learned and we're not thinking through and we're not allowing ourselves to learn from the, the ways that maybe our parents fell short, for instance, if we just go by default, then guess what? We're probably going to say the same wrong things, make the same mistakes, do the same wrong things with our kids that perhaps we witnessed and experienced ourselves. I would encourage us, and I'm encouraging myself, be thoughtful about what you are doing with your parenting. Think through it. Be on purpose. Try not to just go into default mode. And apparently this is what we have seen and are seeing with Samuel. So we move forward here. So because of the fact that Samuel's sons are doing things the wrong way, here's what happens. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Samuel, you are old. And he's like, thank you for reminding me of that. Appreciate that. You are old, Samuel. And your sons do not follow your ways. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to appoint a king to lead us so that uh, just the same as all the other nations have. When they said this, when they said, give us a king to lead us, 
this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to him, key verse here, listen to all the people, listen to all that the people are saying to you, because it's not you that they are rejecting, Samuel, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. So Samuel goes before them and tells them all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. And he said, here's what a king is going to do. The king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and he will make them serve with his chariots and horses. So they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties. And others to plow his ground and reap his harvest. And still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and, and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king that you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. They had a chance here to rethink their demand. They had a chance right here to rethink their demand and choose to be differently. But instead, they said this. They refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. And here's the key verse. Then we will be, all, then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. And the Lord answered, listen to them and give them their king. And so he said to the Israelites, everyone go back to your own town. This is a pivotal turn in history of Israel. Since the time that they left Egypt, since the time that they left captivity until now, they have had no ruler over them. They've been in this period known as the Judges. So when you read through the book of Judges, this is the time period that, we're, that we've been in. And, the, and occasionally the Lord would raise up a leader, a judge, someone to help lead them. But always during this time, even during their exodus, it was the Lord going before them. It was the Lord himself going before them and fighting on their behalf, doing the battles, uh, empowering the troops for victory. And now they make this declaration, this, this demand. We want to be like everybody else in the world. We want a human being to be our king. 
so that he can be the one to go before us. Even though they've just heard, the king is not going to ride before you. He's going to ride behind the army. You've had a king that has been going before you all along. God himself has been fighting your battles. But your demand, he will concede to that, and you will get the king that you are asking for. You want to be like everybody else? The results will ensue. Church, this isn't the only time that Israel rejects God as king. It's not the last time. Jesus had been arrested and had been tortured and had been brought out to stand before those that were demanding his crucifixion. And Pilate, standing next to Jesus and, and, and looking at the Israelites, said, there, I, have, there, I have found nothing wrong in him. He's not done anything to deserve this, and he's trying to release Jesus. And their demands for death continue to raise and raise and raise and raise to the point where the, the high priest standing there, Caiaphas, the high priest, the religious leader of all of Israel standing right before Pilate says, we have no king but Caesar. Essentially saying exactly what these people were saying. We are just like everybody else, Pilate. We are just like all the other nations that, that Caesar and Rome has conquered. We're just like everyone else. We have only one king, and it's not this guy here that you've been torturing and essentially, he's saying it's not even God himself. We have only one king, and his name is Caesar. Crucify him. And of course, we know that is how the story unfolds. And Jesus, Israel's king, Israel's Messiah, the world's Messiah, is crucified. Now, we, we celebrate that because his death on the cross was absolutely necessary for our salvation. He had to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. But let's remember that Israel is in this habit, just as God has just told Samuel, they are in this habit of rejecting God as king. Because they want to be like everybody else. What's really interesting, though, after Jesus' death and resurrection, if you, if you look at Acts chapter 2, the end of Acts chapter 2, we, we see something, a, a, a distinguishing thing that begins to unfold. The the Hebrews, the, the, the Jews, the Israelites that believe in Jesus as Messiah, the ones that have, that have chosen to 
see, perceive, agree to, buy into the fact that Jesus has fulfilled everything that the Old Testament talked about in regards to God's Messiah coming. Those that have believed in Jesus for salvation, they begin to take on a whole different look. Even though, sees, I mean, even though Caiaphas has made this official open declaration that they have no king but Caesar, essentially saying we, we function, we are just like everybody else in the known world. That's essentially what Caiaphas has declared. Even though he has said that, there's this uprising that begins to happen inside of this. These distinguishing characteristics that begin to display themselves with these people who have said yes to Jesus. And you, you see it at the end of chapter 2, starting at verse 42. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And, and we need to remember that the apostles' teaching is, is, is crucial. It's pivotal. These these are the ones that, that saw and heard and touched. These were the ones that had firsthand knowledge of Jesus as Messiah. Those that did not see and hear and, and touch themselves were not apostles. So the apostles' teaching, their declaration, the revelation that they received firsthand is, is being poured out to those that have believed in Jesus as Messiah. They're devoting themselves to this, this revelation, this, this new reality. Devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by these apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. So much so that they sold property. They sold possessions so that they could give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This countercultural movement began to unfold right inside of this. This normal, this worldly normal, this abnormal thing begins to unfold. Where all the believers had everything in common, which is extraordinary. The rich and the poor coming to believe in Jesus as Messiah had everything in common. Those from different nationalities, believing in Jesus as Messiah, suddenly had everything in common. 
I mean, just, just consider the extraordinary thing that was taking place. In the midst of, of, of this declaration that we want to be just like everybody else in the world, this otherworldly thing begins to happen. And it comes before us today, begging the question, do we look just like everybody else in the world, or are we function, functioning in this countercultural way? Does life really look different for us? This was so extraordinary that the very last thing is said here is the Lord was adding to their number every single day because of this. It was so extraordinary that, that those who were witnessing it, who were standing on the outside observing what was taking place, they were in awe of the signs and the wonders, and signs and wonders were happening, yes, yes. But there was something really attractive about this group of people that just enjoyed being together, sharing life together, doing life together. Man, you know, that sounds like the kind of group that I, I'd like to be a part of. Today, we're, we're giving you an opportunity to, to look into some of, the, some of the small group ministries that we have happening here. There's a reason that we highly value these things. And, and, and really, it's because um, it's really not enough to just engage Sunday morning only. And I don't want to minimize our, our, our gatherings here on Sunday mornings. They're, they're, they're important. This, this time together is important. But surely you hunger for more. You, surely you hunger for a little more connectivity, a little more depth, a, a little more interpersonal relationships with other believers, then what can be accomplished where you're just sitting in a chair side by side with folks or on the other side of the room from folks? What, we're tr what we want to do for you, the kind of environment, the kind of atmosphere that we want to create for you is, is the opportunity for smaller gatherings where you can really get to know other folks and they can really get to know you. Because we need each other. Now, I'm not asking for the rich folks to sell everything off so that the poor folks can have something. We're, we're, we don't have to have the end of chapter 2 of the book of Acts to be some sort of template that everything must agree with. But I think we see something in this in this group of believers, this, 
this thing that is going against what the norm is in the world, that they just, they needed to be together, they wanted to be together, because because they found that they, they were being encouraged and that their faith in Jesus was being fanned into flame. And they were learning more and more and more about who this Jesus was and what he did and, and, and ultimately what, what he wanted to do in them and through them. And you know, it, it's from this place that missionaries began to be sent out. It's from this gathering from these people that missionaries begin to go out into the world we're sitting here on the other side of the planet over 2,000 years later believing in a Jesus because of them because they so devoted themselves to the apostles teaching that they they took it into such depths that they they were able to write it down and by writing it down for us, it was passed to the next generation and to the next. And, and here we are holding it in our hands. The story of God. We're taking it on ourselves. We're allowing ourselves to be transformed because of this group of people that devoted themselves to this extraordinary thing. We have the opportunity to continue to do that ourselves. It's your choice. It's your choice. You can you could engage it or not. And and you won't be looked down on if you don't engage it. I, I'm just encouraging you that I, I think you will find it to be helpful. And you will find the small group that you connect into to be a crucial support system for you especially when times get hard, things start happening inside of your family, you need other people to lean on. Trust me, you do. Inside of your bulletin today, you should have one of these handouts. And as you're pulling out these handouts, I'm, I want to release our small group leaders to their tables. If you'll head to your booth, and I'm just going to talk to the rest of the folks here, so we want, our, we want our small group leaders to get to their place. Rest of you, if you just look through this, you'll, you'll see some of the groups that, that, are, that are offered here. And these groups have taken time today to create some space at, at a table. And, and they, they want to meet you. They want you to take some time to look over what they're going to be up to this coming fall. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that you might find a place, a niche, an area, a group that you could connect into. It's an opportunity. It's what we're calling this a ministry fair. We're going to release here in just a few moments. And, and I'm hoping that you will, before you depart the room, that you will just take time to walk around and see and meet up with these people. We're going to, for the kids, we're going to blow up the bounce house for the little kids so they'll have a place to play in uh, while this is happening. And they can bring back their notebooks over here up to the front and return those, so we'll have them for them next time. 
You'll see that some of these groups meet here. Some of them meet in homes. And at various times during the week. It's also probable that there is someone that intended to have a small group going and just failed to get their information turned in on time for this fair. If, 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 if you had in mind a small group that you wanted to start or help host, we need to hear from you on this, okay? And so I'm hoping that you will come to myself before you leave or Pastor Jake. Just Jake, raise your hand, wave at us one more time. You remember that guy from earlier today? We need to hear from you. We want to we make sure that we can uh, get all the details and, and, and get things in, in working order here. Jesus, you, you are the transformer of our lives, and you are, you are the transformer of, of, of groups. And we, we, we see how, what, what Israel does in rejecting you as king way back in the day, and then, and then we see them rejecting you as king when you're standing before them, sending you to the cross. But it is those that have believed in you as their king that this transformational work really begins to unfold, so much so that that they begin doing life very differently. This, this community unfolds. I thank you, Jesus, for what you have accomplished in the lives of the people in this room, joining us on the internet, you are doing your thing in us. We have opportunity to, to get a little more interconnected with one another. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you will move on our hearts and our minds and, and guide us. Guide us to the group that will encourage us, that we will be encouragers inside of. Help us to feel the need right now, the need to need each other, the need to be together. It doesn't have to be every single day like what we saw in Acts chapter 2. It can't be. But it needs to be regular. So I thank you for what you're doing right now in this moment. And as we move around, as we mill around this room and enjoy this time of kind of researching and getting to know one another a little bit better, move us to the place that you would have us to fit into. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you stand with me? I want to say a blessing over you, and then let's release into this ministry fair. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and fill you with his peace. May he empower you to get connected in at a deeper level. Feel free to mill around. God bless you.
Strengthen my broken